Seems seems like a lot of lighting, a lot of white. <laughs> no, it looks all right. It looks good. Uh, <laughs> Put on a white shirt, it'll change. Coming, coming <laughs> from the dude with the 700K fucking webcam. <laughs> Look, it's it's not it's more the the lighting that comes with it. No, if we oh, want to get you this camera, we can. Oh, all right, I'm sitting here looking like a fucking Minecraft sprite. <laughs> we, we should just start the episode like this. Screw it. Screw it. <laughs> Welcome to episode 15 of MMRK. It is Rob and Johnny. Rob, what's going on, man? I'm good, mate. I'm good, mate. In case, in case you guys want to know what we're laughing about, we were, I was asking if the lighting was all right. And he goes, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> because he's got like a $700,000 camera and I've got this pixelated Minecraft sprite imager. Bloody thing. Oh, my here. God. We're here now. Episode 15. Look at us go, mate. Did you think it would get this far? You know what? I had I'm faith. I'm the answer's yes. I absolutely <laughs> had faith. It, it, it was a bit I'm rocky. when the it, answer's yes. It took us like four months to, to get it all together. That was the, that was the scary did. bit. But it once did. we got started, we were rolling, man. Yeah, we're rolling. We're consistent. And, you know... I think the viewers and our listeners, our loyal listeners, mm. are appreciating that. You can see in the comments every week, they're like, can't wait for the next one. Absolutely. Um, great episode, itching for the next one. So thank you very much, guys. Please do, if you do enjoy the episode and the podcast and the content, please hit the subscribe yes. button, hit the bell, and do all the buttons and the likes and the thumbs and the things. 100%. And we've got a pretty stacked uh, podcast this week, Rob. We're we slightly do. changing our approach a little bit to, to how we talk about the MMA stuff, but pretty consistent with what we've been doing the last two episodes anyways. But what, what have we got in store this week? More or less. It's more or less what we've been doing consistently. Yeah. Yeah. But I just want some laser focus on yeah. what is definitely going to be a part of the episodes moving forward. And then everything else is gravy. And what, what we're going to really be lasering in on is fight analysis of the previous weeks. So the main events for the fight analysis for the previous week's UFC, as well as the predictions and breakdown breakdowns for the fights moving forward, for the fight weekend coming yeah okay main event and if it interests us co-main or if you guys are interested yeah mention it in the comments below and i'll make an extra effort on fights you guys want to hear now i'm not going to go list every, every every guy that just puts their mate in the description i'm not going to go on and then jump to a local facebook web page and break down their mates fights. but if, if, a, if a couple of yous Jump in on the same guy and want to hear a breakdown or prediction or analysis of a fight from the previous week, yep. only the previous week, and or yep. the week coming. Yep. Mention it in the comments below and I will get to it. We will get to it. But uh, that leads us into UFC Fight Night main event, Marvin Vittori versus Jared Cannonier. What a Bro. fight. What a can fight. I, can I start by saying mm. you were right. You were dead on mm. with your prediction last week. I, I, I will take I will take that. <laughs> I will take my prediction being dead on because I, I thought it would go this way. I didn't see Cannonier coming out the way he did. Though. No. Okay. No. So let's let's break down this fight. Mm. Fight starts. Marvin Vittori, Jared Cannonier. Straight away, Cannonier starts pushing a pace. Mm -hmm. Okay. Knowing what we know now, knowing that. Marvin starts to slow down. Cannonier doesn't miss a beat and really starts landing shots throughout the entire fight. Okay. Knowing this, in hindsight, it makes sense. Cannonier pushing that pace, all part of a master strategy, which I agree with. It is mm. in hindsight. But let's not forget while Marvin was fresh, Cannonier was pushing the pace, standing in that range, that hit range, mm. that mid range, that that you know that's that range where people get knocked out. And he wasn't, and Marvin was answering. Mar Marvin was taking shots or just missing shots and yep. answering him, landing clean hooks, clean overhead hands, clean one two threes, like making him pay for coming in. Yep. Cannonier almost gets finished. I remember due to that. Yeah, in the first round. Now, you can make a point, an argument that every time Cannonier was getting hurt and getting hit mm. and getting like 
punched a lot was when he switched stances. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of the commentators also mentioned on it, and I think every every UFC fan and their mate next to him pointed it out <laughs> as well. Because <laughs> yeah, I know all you guys at home are absolute we- weapons at this this game. But switching stance is hard. It's hard. Kanunir does it. Okay, he does mm. it a lot. I can do it to a degree. I think most people can do it to a, to a degree. Mm. Offensively switching stance is all well and good. Defensively switching stance is super, super hard. And we saw that yeah. hole in Cannoneer's game when he was pushing the pace. Now, you see, uh, I'm going to make a reference to Adesanya. Adesanya switches stance with the best of them. He's almost as good in one star in orthodox as he is in Southpaw. Mm. Um, I think a big part of that, though, is due to the way he fights holistically, which is he fights at distance, he uses his range, his his general defensive strategies, the lean back, slide away. Yeah. He does that in both style stances, which is okay. Okay, It's a much safer approach. Cannoneer, when he switches stance, generally – um, is fighting from a, a little bit more of a distance. We've seen him do that in other fights. He's been a little bit further out so that when he does switch stands, he doesn't get caught as much. Now, his new game plan, going in there, pushing the pace whilst still switching stances was yeah. dangerous. And he almost, he almost got slept because of it. Yeah. Very, very risky in that first round. And honestly, dude, it it could have been a completely different fight. Obviously, if Vittori got the the knockout, but he could have done a little bit more damage than he did, and that could have completely changed the the pace for the rest of the fight. Luckily, for Cannoneer's sake, he realized that he shouldn't be switching stance like that, at least as often. He still did it in the latter rounds a little bit. He did slow down. He slowed down. But i I got to say, though, I don't know... Oh, I don't know if it was – I think a big part of the fact he wasn't getting hit as much in South Wales just to the fact that he's like his game plan started working. He yeah. started like winning the attrition battle, winning the, the cardio battle, slowing Vittori down. And once Vittori started slowing down, Vittori wasn't landing as um, mm. any more effective strikes, wasn't able to keep Jared out of range and out of punching distance. And Jared literally had his way with him. It's yeah. uh, broke. He broke records <laughs> with uh, I don't know what close to three hundred significant strikes, two seventy something. Like that is insane. That most is in, in signif- one fight, like yeah. one one dude. He broke that record, most significant stri- strikes in middleweight history, in the fourth round. Like yeah. and <laughs> and not only that, like the first round of that fight, he I would say he actually lost. He almost got <clears> dropped. <throat> it's just the second round. Dude, what like clicked? Right. It was the, from the mo- I, I remember it specifically, and it wasn't even like he almost wobbled Vittori. It was this one strike where he kind of grazed Vittori's chin, and it wasn't as, as I said that damaging. But it's like he got a burst of confidence from that, and he's like, "All right, I got this, dude." Booze, booze, booze. Just kept going relentlessly. Yeah. I was watching with my wife, and she was like, "Holy crap! This is a this is a beatdown." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. And because, like. It's it's one of those things like because of the pace he was pushing and because mm. Vittori was hurt and getting tired. Yeah. Okay. The worst combination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because when he's hurt, he's just surviving and he doesn't really have any control over trying to recuperate, trying to do anything offensively to keep him off him. And yeah. Jared was just having a field day, free reign on 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 the distance, the punching, setting up shots, setting yeah. up strikes. We'll say. Jared's boxing looked good. His Very angle good. movements. He was moving left. He was moving yeah. right. He was slipping. He was rolling. He was boxing quite well, like mm. really well. So hats off to him for that and hats off to him for having the confidence in the game plan because yeah. no, if you guys – I'm going to assume you haven't. If you haven't tried doing that in a fight, it's hard to have confidence because – Whilst Vittori was tied, and you can mm. see he's tied, I guarantee you Jared was more, like not more tired, he was just as tired. Mm. But that's part of that game is the headspace knowing you just got to have confidence in the game plan that, 
okay, I'm tired, but he's more tired. Yeah. I'm tired, but he's more tired. So it's like that constant fighting yourself as well. Mm. But yeah, he almost he, he smashed the next closest record for significant strikes. Yeah. People a couple of uh well, who was it? Someone come up to me and says, Don't don't you want that that record? <laughs> I was like, mate, that is such a hard record to get like a I, Especially I don't now. Know. Is it <laughs> yeah, like is it a good thing that the guy couldn't go down in 300 good shots mm. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Or is it, I don't know. If, an, know, if anything, Rob, you make a good point. It's a credit to Vittori. The dude was able yeah, to stand dude. there for that many significant strikes. That dude just, just he kept shots. taking it. And I don't think yeah. anyone has ever figured out how to take that dude down. Like the commentators were joking, like, yeah, maybe a bat will do it. But holy crap, credit Mate. to him. If there was anyone in what? there, else in there, I genuinely think they would have been dropped Definitely. in the second, if not, you know, third oh, or fourth. Just I was getting going. brain damage watching. <laughs> like, like yeah. I was getting I was getting rocked from my chair. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, dude. Vittori was getting more damage from the calf kicks he was taking than the shots to his chin and to his head. It like I, I couldn't believe Mate. what I was watching sometimes. He, it was it was just such a testament to his toughness. Yeah, he he dead set put everything he had into Constitution like, for sure. <laughs> nothing anywhere yeah. else. That guy has a head made of granite. Insane. And I knew this personally, <laughs> yeah. but but seeing it like that, mm. like mate, mate, like he took some killer shots. I'm sure he was out on his feet at one yeah. point, but. Absolute zero quit in him. So props yeah. to him for going out on his shield like that. Mm. And Jared Cannonier, what a fight. Where, where where does this lead him, you reckon, Johnny? Oh, bro, this is tough because I'm going to have to predict what a fight. What a tricky situation. So obviously your fight against Strickus. I, I, you know what? No, this is this is easy. Has, wait, has Cannonier first Strickus before or not? No. Well, there you go. If if you beat Drickus and that's my bet, then he fights Drickus. Easy. Right? Yeah, surely. That's, a, that's an easy way to do it. That's an yeah. easy way to do it. Yeah. I know. The, the, middleweight, the middleweight spot's funny at the moment. It is. It's funny. But I will – I'm putting all my efforts into to smashing Drickus. And, yeah, um, yeah it's going to be a tough fight. I know this. Mm. It's going to be a tough fight. But we'll worry about the future. Nothing matters past Drickus. Worry about it. Yeah. Hundred percent. But that is Marvin Matori versus Jared Cannonier. Dude, what a fight, man! What a fight. what what a main what a event to to end that card, man. Honestly, oh I'm, dude, it was stellar. It was a stellar watch. Really, really, really enjoyed it. I think for me, the question, the big question for Cannonier is whether because you even said this last week, and I think everybody kind of thought somewhat similar that it was going to be a low kind of output fight like they weren't going to go all out crazy and then Kennedy obviously comes out and does that is he going to be able to take that same energy into future fights like what was different for him in this fight against Vittori where were all these significant well, strikes in all his previous fights yeah and and also when when does that punch Vittori landed in the first yeah in the fight yeah you know what I mean like yep. that first round as good as the fight ended that first round was a gamble. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I don't like gambling in this game. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's not a good game to gamble in. No. And I wanted to ask yeah. you specifically about that. Like we all joked about how, oh, when he was swapping stances to, to Southpaw, he was taking more damage and it was defensively weak, right? Why was he doing that? Why do you think? Like, did they, did they, did he talk about that? Like, I know he likes to swap stances, but was it to get that inside calf kick a little easier? What do you think was his rationale for doing that and and taking such a risk, especially in the first? Um, it's off putting. It's off putting fighting per, uh, people in an opposite stance. You know, see, I'm, I'm sure Marvin's had a lot more experience sparring and training with orthodox fighters rather than football sure. fighters. Yeah. So um, we see that a lot. We see offensively like Volk and Adesanya and a lot of other guys do it as well. Uh, Max Holloway was doing that other fight. Yeah. They switch stance. They attack a little while then switch back because mm. it is off-putting. That little bit of, you know, it's like an extra step your brain has to work out before it like defends a punch or 
slips back or before you throw a punch. It's, it's just it's just one more step, one more thing to throw into the think tank. So right. uh, I think it's, there's a place for it. Mm. I think it's sketchy doing it in close confines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Especially, Especially like against Vittori. Round like a, one when yeah. everyone's pepped up on good intentions and Correct. everything else, you know. And Vittori's like, left is is scary. Like he has a lot of power in it. He does. He hits as hard as anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you think he goes? What, what about Vittori, man? Uh, mate, Vittori, where does he go? Where does it's, the rank? He's, oh. it Has is he a fought very, Strickland very yet? One. Oh, man. I want to I want to pull up his his record right now know. because he fought he fought that Delizze fella. He did fight Delizze last time. That was the that um, was the win that gave him this um, fight yeah, essentially. It's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. The middleweight division is kind of funny. I guess. I guess yeah. everyone has to wait till I fight Drickus, and then yeah. they have to wait to find out what's happening. Just sort it out, Rob, please. So. <laughs> Mate, I'm gonna sort out the I'm division. Gonna get in there and, yeah, I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna get in there, July eighth, yeah. and, and do my best, mate. Yeah. So, moving on, UFC Fight Night: mm. Josh Emmett versus Ilya Tapuria. Mm. I'm looking forward um, to this one, man. Ilya Tapuria has been dominating <laughs> everyone, left, right, and center. This is going to be. I, I I expect him to to come out exactly like he has in in the previous fights. But let's let's break this one down. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Can we can we say how good Josh Emmett's run up until last fight looked? Sure. Yeah. I feel like Ilya Tapuria and Josh Emmett are very similar mm. in 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 approach in styles. They they're happy to take wins when it wherever they arise. They're always looking for the finish, and they're always going in there with bad intentions. Punches. Yeah. A heavy. You know they they, they got they got heavy punch punches. Tapuria is obviously more well rounded than ground. Yeah. Emmett is a a more straightforward wrestling approach. Both dudes throw violence with their hands. I think this is just going to be a barn burner. And I've got to say, Josh Emmett looks so good up until last fight. Like yeah. even in the prep, because I was there in Perth watching. Him, the open workouts, watching his approach, and everything. he looked amazing. And like Yair just destroyed him. So, but I'm, that's not saying that he was that much better than, than that's not saying that Josh Emmett was off that night. I think Josh Emmett yeah. was just was really good. Yair just took it to another level. Yeah. Which means that fight between him and Max is going to be very, very interesting. But Josh, I think, is just in a really good form right now. Up up until that last fight, he was in really good form. It's you know, honestly, I I look at this fight and I almost see like a passing of the baton sort of thing. What's it? Passing of the torch? Yeah. Is that the same? Yeah. I think it might be that sort of situation. I love Josh Emmett and I love the way he fights. Yep. I love the intentions and intent he goes into each fight. Mm. Um, so headstrong and so, you know, so mission-based, objective-based. He's got to get in there, like, you know, bite down and get in there and, and, and turn it into a dogfight. Yeah. But I just think... Ilya's Tapuri is going to do that too. Yeah. And he's the young dude coming up. And Josh is, I think, like the older guy moving on. So we, we've talked about this exact topic in previous weeks where you've got a division, like many of the divisions, where there's this closed group of guys at the top and there's someone up and coming, very exciting. Everyone expects that person to break the formula. And they reach that fight and they lose. I believe the fight... Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. It was Fazeev against Gaethje. And everyone was like, Fazeev is going to come in and break that division. And Gaethje beat him. I think it was that fight. Mm. Could <clears> that happen this time name. with, with Emin and Topuria? I'm not expecting it because Topuria is a freak. But Look, anything can happen, yeah. right? Yeah, but where I think where the difference between uh, Fazeev... Uh, Faz- oh, man, now you've mucked me up. Fazeev? Fazeev? It's Fiziev. Fiziev. <laughs> oh man, I had it. I ha- I was saying it right then, and now you put me off. So is it is you. it Fiziev? Is it actually? 
I feel like I, uh, I don't know. No idea. But call him, call him up, Raphael. I, call, call him Rafa. Rafa. I, I think this fight is almost even more of a passing of the torch because look yeah. up Josh Emmett's age. I'm pretty sure he's 40. Like, is he actually? And 38. 38. 38. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's starting to. That's starting to get into your harder years, you know. Like, yeah, you're you're relying less on physical attributes, like to physically mm. outdo your opponent, and kind of falling on your experience in the fight game right. much more. I feel like that's that's why I think thirty two, thirty four, like your your physical attributes and your your mental attributes so like your experience and wisdom and, and, mm. and intentions all kind of align in this sweet spot for a year or two yeah and then and then they start to fall apart again because your physical attributes stop going up yeah and but your wisdom does and that's what keeps you going that's what keeps those older fighters in the game for such a long time i think Cannoneer is one of those guys as well 39 and i just yeah yeah, I just feel like once you hit like the 37, 38, 39, 40, once you start hitting those years, the clock's ticking. Obviously, the clock's always ticking. Yeah, for sure. I feel like you're like there's only you're playing it fight by fight. You know, one fight is going to be the last one. Yeah. Just, you know, there's a, am I making sense? No, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, For sure. the the next fight might be the last. That might be where your wick just is done. Yeah, where your chin's over, where the intent and the heart and the fire yeah. peters out. When your brain says, "You know what, dude? I've had enough. Yeah. Like, stop it." Especially if if <laughs> Tapuria does what he's done in previous fights, you know, against Emmett. Yeah. Like, it, it could just be one of those losses where yeah. you know you're done. Um. So yeah, I. I, I'm definitely going for Tapuria in this one. I think he's mm. he's undefeated in the in the UFC, undefeated in general. He's rising up the ranks. I am very interested to see, assuming he does win, him go up against either Volk or Yair, depending upon the result of, of their fight. Yeah, you you see, I think I think it's too early for Tapuria to be fighting Volk or Yair. Well, I, I, I thought so too. Experience gaps. But they're talking about that. That, that the winner of this I, fight. I understand, yeah. but I think I think they're going to they're going to give it to him undercooked. But maybe not, maybe mm. not, you know. Uh I do feel like this fight is a passing of the torch. Yeah. Um yeah, I'd love to see Josh Emmett get in there and just go violent mode and just you know, do what Josh Emmett For does. Sure. But like I said, both guys Fight, fight style is quite similar, mm. like quite similar. I think one guy has a number of years on the other. I think it's gone, that, that's going to be the deciding factor as well as because of the roll-on effect, the morale yeah. confidence that comes from 13 straight wins, right? For sure. Um, and Josh Emmett coming off that loss, and it wasn't a pretty loss mm. against Yair. Mm. So, yeah, I guess I, I – I have Ilya Tapuria in this fight as well, but yeah. what actually happens? Who knows? You know, mm. if he loses, it might be the best thing for him and his career. Just because I do think if he if he wins this fight, him going up against either Yair or Volk mm. or Max. I was going to no, say I, f- I forgot like how Max, Max figures into it because let's say hypothetically, I and I don't think this is going to happen, mind you. But let's say Yair does beat Volk. I mean, Holloway should get the shot then because he beat Yair, he, right? Yeah, yeah. But if he doesn't, then Ilya Tapuria should get it because and he Max hasn't fought. fight. Yeah. Wait, you, th- no, wait, you think fight. Holloway, you think Holloway and, and Tapuria should fight next? I think Tapuria has has to get through Max before getting a title shot, just like anybody else does. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I I agree one way or another. That you yeah, know what I mean. <laughs> if we were kind of going meritocracy, right? But if you if you're in Dana's position, <clears throat> you've got this guy rising up in the ranks. Do you really want him going against Holloway and potentially him losing, and then he goes, he loses all his momentum? Like, is that the fight to make yeah. from his perspective? Yeah, it's hard to say because I just think if they if he, if Tapuria goes up against Volk and Yair after their fight, I think he's undercooked. I do. Like, mm. there is a significant level gap between Yair Volk. And Max than everybody else, 
and you can't really get like, and but you see it every exactly. time Max fights someone who isn't yeah. Max Holloway. But that's why I think Dana won't make the fight, <laughs> genuinely, bro, because like, he doesn't want to see like Tapuria have to go against and someone like Max. I think that'll be to Tapuria's de- uh, detriment okay. in the long run. Yeah, like, I do think if if Tapuria gets that, like, look at Yair, look at how he mm. has evolved from those hard fights. Yeah. Like now, like he looked so good last fight against Josh Emmett. Yeah. So good. Um, I, like a new yay. Mm. Like the level jump was massive. So, yeah, I don't know. There are our predictions though and that's our, that's our breakdown for UFC Fight Night, Josh Emmett and Ilya Tapuria. There's so much we could just sit here and brainstorm and think bubble and, yeah. <laughs> and try to connect all the dots on the charts on who fights who with the UFC rankings. I, I love that shit, man. I honestly love it. By the way, we, we were going to give a, a bit of a shout out too to Justin Taffer. He's, he's fighting Austin Lane as well at yes. UFC Fight Night. A countryman. Countryman. And, and just because he is Aussie like us, we've got to give him the tip. As well, <laughs> definitely, definitely. He uh, he looked amazing against Parker Porter last fight. Yeah, he just really reminded me of uh, of Mark Hunt. To be honest, mm. he just I just got like some real big Mark Hunt vibes, and yeah, so confident. He looks so dangerous, so calm. I look forward to seeing him do it all again on the weekend. Hell yeah! Well, that is our MMA UFC segment, and we're now swapping to the game news. It's been a very interesting week, it, like nothing crazy until, I don't know if you ended up watching it, Rob, but this morning, Nintendo had one of their fully-fledged proper directs, and they announced a bunch of stuff, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, like the new 2D Mario has been revealed. Super mm. Mario Brothers RPG is being remade. I don't know if you ever played that on, wow. on the 64. Yeah, bro. That was yeah. that was that was like a niche sort of I know. you either liked it or you didn't sort of thing. It's I'm so I'm so so happy that it that it's you being know what? remade. I look at you and I think I, I say to myself, <laughs> that looks like a Super Mario RPG fan. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, well, look, the reason is because like 64 was was my jam. Like that was the the console that I grew up with more than any others. Like, oh, that was your that, that was your one? That was my one. It was what the were, 64. Okay. Quickly. Go on. What were your two favorite games? Oh, easy, Ocarina of Time. Like that's that's a it's a given. Mm-hmm. But in mm-hmm. terms of like what I spent the most time on the 64, it's probably like, like Perfect Dark. Did you ever play Perfect Dark on, on the 64? I didn't. I so didn't. think of Goldeneye, but then they just took it to another level with Perfect Dark. Okay. It had awesome multiplayer. You could play four-player against your friends, against bots. I put so many like stupid amounts of hours into that game. <laughs> like I don't want to think about how many yeah. hours I put into Perfect Dark. Did you play the 64? I, um, I did. I did. And this is just goes to show how different our tastes are and <laughs> it's just i played the hell out of conquer's bad fur day hell yeah and especially like the multiplayer version um multiplayer where the the bears like the what is it d-day sort of scenario where the squirrels are trying to get in yeah bears uh holding the fort yeah like uh, that was intense. That was that was so much fun, and there were bots everywhere, and you'll play with a friend. It was crazy, but um, that and Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Snap was the best, like, bro. That was the best. It was so good. There's nothing like you throw an apple in a bush through one the tiny best. gap, and then you see like a red, I don't know, Mew pop out of nowhere. <laughs> And then that you, was then such a good game. That was, <laughs> it's weird. I don't know why I liked it as much as I did, but yeah. they, were, they were the games I spent most. By the way, I, I got confused. Like, RPG was Super Nintendo, not Nintendo 64. I was thinking of Paper Mario, which ended up coming, which was kind of like similar to RPG. So that's my <laughs> bad. My, that's my memory failing me. Easy to mix up. There's 400 Mario games. Dude, there's too many Mario games. And and they were literally the, the generation after each other. But regardless, I am excited for the remake of, of Super Mario RPG. I really think you'd like it, Rob. It goes back to the kind of turn-based style of like Final Fantasy games used to be. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I remember seeing a lot about it. Uh, I'm, I'm much more of a serious cat. I don't. I don't really play light-hearted games too often. It's really good, though. Like, in, in terms of... 
a I, Super Mario I can't even game. Get into Zelda. I know that, but that's because the weapons break. That's different. This is different. Oh, and it feels kitty. The whole thing. Okay. All right. All right. Then, then, I, and if anything, the remake feels a little bit more kitty than the original did, <laughs> just because of the art style. Like, and, it, you know, and because I'm 27 years old. <laughs> <laughs> to be like, fair, I'm, I'm still, still going to play it. I have a lot of good memories <laughs> of Super Mario RPG. <laughs> You got it. You got it. Yeah. You know, you got to taste it. And then there's a, there was a few other things that they announced as well. Um, Detective Pikachu 2's coming onto the Switch. They have, uh, uh, where, where is it? Luigi's Mansion, Dark Room Remaster. There's a Princess Peach game. They, they really brought it this with this Nintendo Direct. Some people saying it was, it, it depends what kind of fan you are, what kind of game you are, you are, but it kind of competed with Xbox's showcase. I wouldn't say that because they didn't have 45 minutes of Starfield, but, very, yeah. very good uh, Nintendo can, Direct. Can I say, Nintendo Direct don't need to compete with anyone. No, they don't. At any time. Correct. Because they are Nintendo <laughs> and they have Nintendo like this and they give nothing out and they <laughs> they don't they don't third party anything. If you're like, you want Mario, you come to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all they have to do because they've got such iconic games that – they're, they're in a league of their own. There's like PlayStation, Xbox, yep. and then all the way in Nintendo. like a different category yeah. is Nintendo. And yeah. it's like they're, they're not, they don't play the same games. Like they're not the same sport. There, there are so <laughs> many Nintendo Switches that have been sold. And I, I was reading an article and they were saying that this is probably, I don't like, they might actually be releasing a new console if not next year, the week after, because the Nintendo Switch has been out for a while. You know, I I remember when I first got it, but that was like years and years ago. It was like seven, eight years ago. It's been a long time. Yeah. This could be somewhat of a swan song for the Nintendo Switch, all of these awesome games coming to it. So don't know mm-hmm. that yet. Like, um, I, I still think that this console is in terms of the next generation. Possibly, like. possibly. I, I genuinely, yeah. I don't think they're going to be moving away from the Switch that quickly like there's so It'll many switches like a switch out there. plus or a switch mega just do us just do a switch pro like that's what we all want we just just give just keep the switch and come out with better hardware it's a great concept yeah. no one wants just to give up the switch. It. correct yeah correct Switch is great yeah even if i, I this is what i would take rob if they released a, a dock for the switch that gave it more power. So at least on the TV, you could play it with more power. And then on the go, you can play it like a regular Switch. Because I actually think on the go, it looks pretty good. And you don't notice as mm. many of the frame rate drops as you might do on yeah. a TV. Because it, it goes to 1080p on the TV. Right. If Switch keep moving into the field of indie games as they have been, they could keep using the old Switch for the next Forever. 20 years and I'd be happy. Dude. I love indie games, dude. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> and the Switch, the Switch is made for them. Yeah. I love pixel art. I love it. I love it. And, mate, it comes alive on the Switch. Yeah. What they need to do for sure, whatever new system that they have, they need to allow people to transfer their libraries over. Because, as you said, how many indie games has everyone picked up on the Switch? Because they're always on sale. They're always in the top 10 mm-hmm. selling list, especially for the digital ones. Yep. Like, that's what they need to do, bare minimum. Give us whatever yeah, new please. cool concept you want to. I think there are two things. That, and it still has to be handheld. It still needs to be yeah. able to be taken on the go. But you know what the problem with having so much power is? They don't have to do shit. Yeah. They don't have to do anything. They, they never have. That's yeah. the whole thing. They're like, oh, here's a new Switch. <laughs> uh, yeah, none of the none of the other thousands of games you bought, they don't work on them. So evil. It's funny when no. you say that because the CEO of, of Nintendo, his name is literally Bowser. Did you know that? <laughs> No, I didn't. It is. His last no. name is Bowser. So fitting. It, it is very fitting. <laughs> but that that was yeah. the Nintendo Direct. Lots of cool announcements. Very excited for, for Super Mario. Didn't even talk about Super Mario Bros. Wonder. That thing looks awesome. Love the art style. It's kind of mm. like a pastel-y, dreamy mm-hmm. looking. It has a lot of character. And I'm excited for that too. So that was the Nintendo I love how Direct. Nintendo games are really doubling down on that, like the Nintendo yes. art style. Yeah. It's good to see. Really yeah, but see you know why as well, bro? Colors. Because it, it it allows the games to to age gracefully, like yeah. if you if you think yep. about a lot of the games PS two era, PS one era, you, you have a different memory of them. But you go back and actually play them; they don't look that good in a lot of instances. 
But you go back and play a Zelda game like Wind Waker, which has that cartoony art style. It looks yeah. awesome still today. Yeah. And that's exactly it's what Wanda is going to yeah. look like in 10 years, you know? It's it's why Zelda Breath of the Wild looks so good. Like, yeah. Compared to like the CGI effects of Final Fantasy 16. Correct. You know, why are they even in the same ballpark? Yeah. Why are they in the same conversation? <laughs> but they can be because of that. 100%. And then... Yeah, I mean, that, that was pretty much all the major games. There are a few others that were announced, but the next topic that we have is talking about Xbox getting a price increase, not just for the console, the Series X, but also Game Pass. So we saw PlayStation do this recently with the PlayStation 5, got a bit of a price increase. Xbox is now doing the same with the Series X, is going, at least for Australia, but most other countries as well, $749 AUD to $799, another 50 bucks in line with the PS5. Plus as well, Game Pass is increasing from like $15.95 to $18.95 per month. Same as well uh, on, yeah, per month there and then on console as well. So what do you, what do you think about the price increases, Rob? It's It's probably just to match inflation and all that kind of stuff, but... Understandably, some people are a little upset that they're going to have to be paying more for Game Pass. I think I don't understand why the console itself is becoming more expensive. Fair. Um, you say inflation, but what is inflation? What is it, the price of plastic becoming more expensive, or are the wages you pay the people to melt the plastic into it mm-hmm. more expensive? It's no, it's it's, it's I don't, it, yeah, I agree. <laughs> no, it, it, yeah. no. You shouldn't. You should be playing around with that. That that that's a that's a cheap cash grab. I feel anyway. Mm. I mean, no. But in terms of Game Pass, yeah. In terms of Game Pass, mm. I I think the Game Pass is well worth the extra. What is it? The extra five dollars? It, it depends on your territory, but extra few dollars here and there. So Game yeah, Pass I, Ultimate is fifteen ninety five to eighteen ninety five, and just the regular base Game Pass is actually only mm. ten ninety five to eleven ninety five. So that's a dollar. In, in our region, yeah. So, so I think I think it's well worth it. It's it's all it's like Netflix. Yeah. It and how much you get out of Netflix and how yeah. much you and all your mates get out of Netflix. You know. Yeah. It's uh, there's a couple things. If you're a, if you're a very specific gamer like I, where you only play five games at a time and that like ever and that's yeah. it. Like, but you play those five games. Probably not for you, but yep. if you're like my four kids in there, and they each need their, <laughs> they've each got their own sort of category and genre that they like playing. Yeah, they can just download games. It's like having a video easy throwback in your Far living room. Out. Video <laughs> easy, bro. <laughs> Oh, those are the to, days. Yeah, man. To all our subscribers that have absolutely no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about, back in back in the ye old days, you used to uh, have this place you could walk into and hire video games from. Like the yes, think of Blockbuster. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They let you take it away for seven days and then come back and turn it. It's it's like that, but even better. And and let's be honest, the games on Game Pass are stellar. They're good. Like, they're not crappy games. They're good, man. Sometimes yep. they're blockbusters, like brand new ones. Yeah. Um, Starfield yeah. is, is on Game Pass from day one. Yeah. as an example. Yeah. So I don't I don't hate the price for yeah for the Xbox Gold. Don't don't love the increase for the console itself. I I'm a very similar line of thought of like I honestly think for Game Pass. Their idea is to increase Game Plus to eventually be like $30 a month, and that's still good value. Genuinely, if, if they still have the number of games and the, and the quality and the echelon of games that they do now, $25, 26 $20, like, they're going to keep increasing it until it's that kind of level because you're also seeing Netflix and all these other places do it. So long as they're <laughs> staying in line and not increasing it too fast, I think that's yeah. their end goal, and they're going to make a bunch of money. In terms of the console... I mean, then it's interesting that you said that, Rob, because they're not actually increasing the cost of the base console. That is staying the same, the Xbox Series S. And I, even though in, like they said it's partly inflation, also as well, the cost of, their, of them making those, those consoles, they go down over the time because they get more efficient. They, they're sourcing, the parts are cheaper at that stage. It costs them less and less and less to make those consoles as the years go on. So it is hard to kind of reconcile sometimes when they increase the price of their console. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, Xbox Series X and Game Pass increasing in price. 
The next thing that we're going to talking about, it, it's it's we're kind of segueing into what we're watching, playing, and reading. But we need to talk about Final Fantasy sixteen. Rob, we do, we do, because it yeah. is it is hot off the skillet, and For I sure. have been smashing it. You have released a review. I have recently. I did. Yeah, I reviewed it. it on my channel. If you want to watch it, feel free to go check it out. Um, I've been pl- I played about twenty hours of it. I'm about halfway into the game because I got the code. Um, I don't think I can say when I got the code, but I got I, I got halfway into the game, and you know me, Rob. Like I haven't played that many. Final Fantasy games. I haven't played since Crisis Core on the PSP. That's mm-hmm. a throwback for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This game is phenomenal, like breathtaking. And I had my reservations because initially, and you and you yeah. know this, Rob, because you would have played the demo portion of it. I thought it was more movie than video game, and I'm like, what's going mm-hmm. on here? Mm-hmm. I barely touched my controller. My wife was next <laughs> to me saying the same thing, like, like it's not even a game. But when it clicked for me. It clicked like really, really hard. Like I started to care yep. about the characters. I was really appreciating the cinematics, the the the, the uniqueness of the law and the history of all the nations that are, that are going to war against each other. And then the combat is actually fun as well. I love all the abilities. I like your super right. moves, and you keep spamming them, especially as you get more as you uh, complete the game. It, it's it's so funny good. that your previous Final Fantasy game was Crisis Core because they're similar-ish. Like, yeah, you're right. In, ter- yeah. in, in terms of the, the, the combat, but yep. you're, you're exactly spot on with, Thank you. <laughs> with everything you, you said. Like the, the cinematics are amazing, outstanding. It's, and you're right in the fact that you're watching the cinema. It, it, it feels like you're watching a movie. There's, cinema graphics... Okay, the, the cutscenes yep. of a Final Fantasy game, like all other cutscenes of a Final Fantasy game, stellar. Yeah. Absolutely breathtaking. Yeah. So but the the background and I guess the overarching feel of the game yeah. just made me think of Final Fantasy Tactics, my favorite Final Fantasy game of all time, because it is so Involved, yeah, in politics, yeah, and and skull duggery and betrayal and treason and very serious elements, which Final Fantasy haven't really delved into for a while now. Yeah, so to see them go back to that and to to really double down on just the mature audience of yeah. what's going on, you see, like the main character Clive, you see his whole world get torn down in front of him. Yep. Like and and it's not like your your stereotypical <laughs> oh dude's lost his castle to the invading nation sort of thing. <laughs> there is so much yeah. betrayal and intense fight scenes and yep. the cinematography that takes you through it makes you feel for the characters that is happening to. Yep. And um I I actually watched your review Oh, and I remember, you, I remember, you, I remember you bringing up a point, mm. which I thought was one of the heaviest moments I've seen in a game in the longest time, and that's when good old Josh, <laughs> you know, is uh, is on the losing end of the stick for a little while there, yeah. and that scene is still in my head. Yeah. Like I can't it I can't get it out. I can't get it out. And that's that's the effect the story and the characters and the game had on me. And that isn't even that far into the game. I'm no. not giving away any spoilers. He's but not. No, no, yeah, yeah. It is yeah, it, it it leaves lasting impacts. And uh yeah, that's just the story and cinema portion of yep. it. Then there's the combat. Mm-hmm. And the combat is so cool and fluid, it's almost Devil May Cry-ish. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, very fast-paced. Um, you have icons and you have abilities, which you can hotkey and hotbar in, and yeah. you're just flashing around all over the place. Uh, I couldn't do it, but I saw the developer, <laughs> like perfect <laughs> – I saw the developer going through boss fights, perfect parrying everything, oh. like not, not taking a single point of damage. Seriously, and, uh, I I, I yeah, was dude. I felt lucky to get parries like when I accidentally and happened to land a strike at the same time, <laughs> and I was like, "That was awesome." There's no yeah. way people are doing that <laughs> intentionally. Do that yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. insane. And um, yeah, it's it's it is such a cool game, and 
then the fact that you can become these demons and mm. big ass bosses, like, because it, what's different from this one, because I know you haven't played a lot of the other Final Fantasies, is that you don't control your stereotypical Final Fantasy party. You don't have your your three to five dudes. You just yep. got yourself, your lonesome and your wolf. Yeah. Um, which is cool, but he's kind of useless. He is kind of cool. useless. That's I, I will say. If we're talking like, he's cool. Yeah, I, Toggle, I, I, I agree with everything that you said, and I've said this in my review. <laughs> Toggle's kind of useless. <laughs> Toggle's cool, kind of useless, but cool. Yeah. You know, and the fact you can give him commands is really cool as well. And you do get yeah. companions that jump into the fights and stuff. But you're Clive. You're yep. going to go around, focus on your attacks, comboing them up, flashing around the place. And then you know you become these big cinema cinema titans, and 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 go punch. That that was one of the cooler things in the combat for me, anyway. Yeah, and it only gets better, bro. Like it only gets better as you as you keep playing. There are and obviously no spoilers. There are other moments where you get to to be those giant icons, and and they're like titanic, colossal boss fights. They feel like boss fights. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, they mm. still have like the mini boss fights <clears throat> where you're you're fighting harder enemies, but those boss fights, bro, are just like they're capping off those individual chapters in the right way. It mm. feels so good. The combat is and, and some people were saying, Oh, it's just like a hack and slash. It's not just a hack and slash. As you it's said not, with the parrying, mm. like you need to be intentional with what you're doing. It's yeah. How you approach enemies, what uh, abilities that you're swapping between, which ones you've chosen in the first place, when you're using yep. potions. Like, there's a lot of thinking that goes behind it, and especially the enemy variety in there. They will do vastly different moves, uh, you know, from, from enemy, enemy to enemy. You've got to think about the combat. You're not just pressing one button until the enemy goes down, you know? And, and that's what got me because, uh, like, obviously, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Devil May Cry. So I yeah. don't just go in like hack and slash games, period. So yeah. I, I was very wary going into this, but it's not. It's it's how you – the skill tree is really cool. So you yeah. can really spec towards one style of fighting. And I was just hitting that one rotation and then unlocking further, further points allowed that one rotation to get stronger. And I started really leaning into a certain style of play, which was yeah. like hyper-aggressive, heavy attacks. Not 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 super flashy and around the place, just heavy hitting, and I, I just really enjoyed it. It's like this is, would have to be like Game of Thrones, but for Final Fantasy because that's a, that's it's good. Yeah, I like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's the that was one of my favorite parts about Final Fantasy Tactics was the political nature of it. Yeah, the moving pieces, the more the moving the Machiavellianism of 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 all the the political roles of yeah. everyone trying to. I don't know. It's just cool. I really like that, and to see that into a fantasy thing. Mm. And obviously, it's a new world. Don't have to play any other fantasy like yeah. all the other Final Fantasy games. They've always been standalones. So uh, yeah, it's it's. It's been taking up a lot of my time, mate. Yeah. A lot of my time. I genuinely do appreciate that that's the way that they do those big numbered Final Fantasy games. If you play the previous mm -hmm. ones, you'll be able to notice like certain things and certain common elements. Like there's always a character that's named Sid. There's Chocobos yeah. and stuff like that. But me yeah. going in. There's always there's always Ifrit. There's always Ifrit, right? There's Ooh. always... Oh, okay, no. I, I won't say what there always is because that's a bit of a spoiler. But even if you haven't played those previous games, and that includes myself... There's still a lot there to enjoy, and it walks you through it. There's so many features in terms of the lore of the of the game that Square Enix is like, we're going to try and walk you through this and handhold you because there's a lot going on. But at any time, if you want to pause the game, you can pull up Active Time Lore and just like read upon the, some of the stuff that we're mentioning, some of the characters that we're mentioning in this cutscene, or or like the the nations or the city that you're in and, and stuff like that. There's a, a multiple places in your hideaway that you can go and read up on the lore even more. They do a really good job acclimatizing new players so they don't get overwhelmed because I was overwhelmed initially. But then when you get mm. into it and you when you read a lot of that stuff, it's just, it's so good, dude. It's so good. Yeah, it is. It is a great way to get back into a, the Final Fantasy series. For sure. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I'm going to give it nine bananas. <laughs> nine out bananas 10. out of ten bananas. And, and talking about review scores, it is it is nine out of ten, I think. 
um, on average. So another legitimate game of the year contender. This year, Rob, is is a really good year for games. What the hell? <laughs> Mate, stellar year. And then and we're only halfway through it. I, I know. can't wait. And I, I know there's a lot of big titles launching in the back end of this year, so I cannot wait. What a what a good time to have an MMA mm. and, and gaming podcast. What 100%. a good time. <laughs> so that is that is not only the, the Final Fantasy news, but also what we're playing. I haven't been playing anything else bar final fantasy 16 but rob let's let's go on to that next section are you watching anything or reading anything at the moment mate no uh, not really not really yeah. uh, a couple of my books come out i think the first week of july which is upsetting but mm. i've got to find a new one uh i have been watching there's only one anime i've been watching and that's uh where is it it's like the the love yama something 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 yeah, I think you meant. I, I think it? you mentioned that my, one in the previous week. Yeah, my love story. It, well, it's they're up to episode eight, uh, twelve now. It's like this this season. It's it's nothing to write home about, but it's Fair. it's got some moments where they make you feel good moments. So uh, nice. not bad, not bad. Otherwise, not much. Yourself? So finished Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer had its last episode. It was like a fifty minute episode. Pretty good. I, I reckon this season wasn't as good as the previous one, but we've got some exciting never ones is. coming up. Um, never is. No, it, it never is. But like the previous one, Entertainment District Dark, was so good. It, it was so pretty. Like They nailed the animation in that one. But you know what's funny, Rob? And I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it this weekend. Black Clover's movie just shadow dropped on Netflix. I, I was expecting, I was hoping to go see it in the cinema, but I never got any notifications. I never saw any ads for it. It's just like it's it's on Netflix, so I'm going to be watching that <laughs> this weekend, and yeah. and we'll be talking about that. What about too. Full Metal? Uh, bro, I I haven't had the time. I haven't had the time. I'm what? Don't get me wrong. I haven't dropped it. It's just I was playing Final Fantasy and trying to get the reviews review, review right. done. So Full Metal Alchemist. I, I know. I've got a. <laughs> I'm no. I'm watching Black Clover movie because I'm really excited for that, and then I'll go back to Full Metal. I promise. You know what? It, I couldn't get into Black Clover because the main character, the guy with the black hair. Mm. What? He's so whiny. He won't sh- like. He just screams and whines, whinges the whole time. So you know what's funny? I thought the same about about him in the first three episodes, and I hated his voice. I was like, "Wow, does it you're- get better?" Yes, it does. It like right. wh- whether it's because I'm becoming acclimatized to it, or I'm becoming more familiar with his yeah. voice. But I feel does- like they tone it down a bit too. Does 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 he slowly start to like? I, I do love the animes where there's like a slow personality development where 100% by the end of it, they're not the same person as when they start. Yeah. Definitely happens with this guy. He is. I, right. I think Asta is his name. I think his character progression is really good. Um, well, I might, I might pick it up and have a look. For, you know? Do it, dude. Cause well, I, 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 I'll let you know how the movie goes because I, I'm hoping yeah. I'm, I've heard good things about it. So I found that like, that's what f- full metal alchemist did really well mm. was, uh, Edward was really annoying at the beginning, like almost rambunctious and then whatnot. But then slowly, because he he starts to see some shit, yeah, yeah, and he he, he just he develops into like a bit of a mature, slowly starting to become mature teenager. Adult. I tell you what, so, now that you pointed it out, they're the same character, Ed Edward and and Asta. They're very similar. They're very similar. They start off as as kind of similar characters. They're loud. They're a bit obnoxious. But then they have a certain charm about that as they progress, you know, throughout the anime. Yeah. So that's a good shout. I think you'll like Black Clover if you keep watching it. Might, yeah, I might pick it up. Might pick it up. So that is what All we're right. watching, playing, and reading. We are up to the last segment where we answer your questions. If you have any questions, please let us know in the comments. We try to answer as many of them as we can in each podcast. But Rob, question number one from Gabby Doll 360 how do you guys manage with the fights being so late? Like some main events are at midnight. Does your sleeping schedule throughout camp prepare you for that? I'm assuming this is for me to fight. Yeah, I, um, I've never fought a day of my life. At <laughs> midnight. Um, I guess like, it's, it's hard. It is hard. And uh, there have been fights when I've been going up at midnight. It's uh, Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm was a 3 a.m. start time for myself. What? And I was the I was the main event. So there were boys that were like prelims at one, um, 1 o'clock. Jeez. I think actually, yeah, I think I had a 4 o'clock start time. So there, there were boys that 
didn't sleep that night. So they changed their whole sleeping pattern to just stay through. And because they were they were on the bus to the arena at um at like midnight. Wow. And I I got away with like setting my alarm for like 2 a.m. to get up, eat something, hydrate. Because obviously I can't wake up at four, fight at five. <laughs> yeah, you'd be groggy. You know, um, <laughs> Still waking yeah, up. And, and it was hard to, to try and climatize that because mm. I was trying to go to bed at 6 p.m. every night yeah, so that I could wake up around 1, 2 o'clock. Right. And I think my fight was at 6 a.m. local time. Um, Is that just a weird feeling though? Like, you know, like whenever I have to wake up early, I just always feel like, oh, like no one's really up. This is kind of weird. Is that a weird feeling heading into a fight arena and having to fight at that time? Yeah. Super weird because like the way I normally work is like you're up for hours before the fight. You're up, you eat, you stretch, you stay awake, like you let the food digest. Whereas this one was a little strange. It was a little different. So um, yeah, it was weird waking up, ordering a coffee at like, 2 a.m. in the morning, it is quiet. But the, the hotel's kind of lively because there are buses and carriages moving in right. and out of the lobby because obviously boys at different times of the yeah. night have to go out and fight. So it was very different. It, another obstacle was the fact that in, in Abu Dhabi, in Fight Island, the hotels are situated in the middle of a racetrack because of how hot it is. Are you serious? Um, the, the cars can only race when it's – Nighttime when the sun goes down, <laughs> the tarmac's what? So, like, as soon as I'm trying to go to sleep at 6 a.m., the cars start going around, like, and it was, and it's just hard going. You ever tried falling asleep at 6 a.m., uh, 6 p.m.? It's hard, dude. Oh, I so know. For sure. I, I did that recently for the, for the Starfield stuff when I had to stream at 2 a.m. I tried to yeah. sleep at 6, 7 and wake up at 10 or 11. It's, it was brutal, and I couldn't imagine having it's, to fight someone like that. No. Nah. And even if you can get away with it one day, like trying to do that two weeks leading up, just try to – it was it was tricky. It was tough. It was – yeah, it's it's weird. So, that is so I don't weird. Ever, I don't even know if I answered the question. It's hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I try think and, you did. <laughs> you, tr- you try and schedule it as best you can, but it's hard. For sure. Next question we have JR-LO2XY, very confusing username, but ask the question, question for both, do you prefer voiced or silent protagonists in games? It's a good, good question. You reckon? Silence? As a general rule. I like silence. Yeah. Yeah, because um, that way it can be anything, mm. you know, and I like having the freedom of customization for my characters. Nice. I, for me, it, it depends on the game. Uh, it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but in a game like Fallout or Elder Scrolls or those kinds of open-world games where you want to be the character or role-play in a certain way, yeah, don't have any voice protagonist. Makes complete sense. But then in a game like Final Fantasy where you're actually following a named known protagonist, I want to hear that person talk. And Zelda like, is, is a bit of an exception to that, like because it's Link, but I feel like with, with other games, I would like to hear a voice protagonist if I'm trying to like form a connection with that character and get to know them, you know what I mean? So if it's a known character, voiced. If it's not, not voiced. That's my answer. Yeah, and I like voiced if they give me the option of voices. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, but obviously that's a bunch more work for <laughs> the developing team to do. But... I think a couple of games have done that and I, I, I've enjoyed it. I do enjoy – you know one thing I hate though? Mm. Like and I think Fallout 4 may have done it a couple of times. I don't even know. But where you press the answer you want and they don't say word for word Fallout 4. what you, res- what you yeah. respond in a – Pisses me off so much. There's so a mod much. that fixes that. If you play Fallout 4 again, there's a mod that fixes that. <laughs> it's like the top downloaded one on mod Nexus. Mod for everything. <laughs> mod for everything. Yeah, because it's like it had the four options. They're all very brief and like one's always a sarcastic <clears throat> one and you'll press it and then he says something completely different. You're like, that's not what yeah. I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah that's agree. not the kind of vibe or edge I wanted to put on this, man. <laughs> I agree. Uh, next question we have is from Preston Winters 9656. You guys ever play the Pillars of Eternity series? Mate, have I ever? <laughs> so you know what's funny, uh, Rob? 
when we were talking mm-hmm. about Avowed the other week, you know Avowed mm-hmm. is taking place in the Pillars of Eternity universe? Oh, really? Yeah, that's where it's set. That's why everyone's so excited about it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I got really into Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire. Yeah. Um, it's uh, mainly because of the character building. They kind of did like a D&D Pathfinder sort of character mm. building system, but with their own stuff. So their own races, their own classes, yada, yada, yada. Right. And I really got into that, really liked certain certain classes they came up with, certain abilities, the way they interacted with others. It, it's a really cool game. Liked, really liked some of the classes, like Cypher, which is like having psychic sort of characters. Um, mm. Really good game. Really enjoyed it. So, Hell yeah. yes, Preston. Yes, I have. Next question, we've got AEST93. Any gaming moment that made you guys super emotional or even tear up? Have you ever cried at a video game, Rob? I want to say maybe. Like, I think I mentioned it before, Final Fantasy X ending before school. Right. Like, yeah, dude, Titus, Yuna, <laughs> where she runs runs to, to hug him, goes through him because yeah. he's fading away. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, dude, that's – if I was going to cry, that's where it would have been. <laughs> For me, it would be the ending of Titanfall 2. If anyone's played Titanfall 2, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It legit almost it almost made me tear up. I've never full balled on a game like I just I don't know I just can't do that. But I sometimes I'll, I'll tear up a little bit at a very sad or emotional moment. So Titanfall two ending, yeah. Mm. And then mm. the final question we have is William Blair five zero two four question for both. <laughs> and I just realised yeah. that AEST is like Australian Eastern, Eastern Standard, Standard Time. Time. <laughs> <laughs> I only just got it. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So he's obviously a bloke from born in ninety three from Western Australia. No, no, no. Uh, from what here, this side of the earth? Yeah, Sydney or Melbourne, anywhere out east. Next question is from William Blair five zero two four. Question for both. Hoping we get a Fallout five. They've talked about it. We are getting Fallout five. Where do you both want to see it be set? I, even as an American, think it's time we leave the US. How. Dare you, William Blair, 5024. How dare you just spit on everything Fallout means. How shame. Shame, William. Shame, William. That's funny. For shame. <laughs> so not outside That's of the how US. I feel. That's how I feel about it. All right. Well, if it was in the US then, where would you like to see it set? Do you have a city in mind? New York City. Yeah, good shout. That was my answer too. I reckon that would be mad. I reckon if they made like really double down into like all the interiors of every building. So like the game is a small map, but it's dense mm. because of how many levels and Z levels there are in subways and tunnels and high rises, penthouses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would be so cool. So I'll tell you something interesting. And this isn't a scoop. This was talked about in the... I don't know if you ever watched No Clip, pod, uh, the, the podcast, but they did this one at Bethesda Game Studios. Apparently, they were going to set Fallout 4 in New York initially. That's what they said on the, the making of. And then they ended up going with, with the Boston, Massachusetts area. But that would have been cool. Fallout 4 in New York, man. I do understand, though, the limitations of doing that, though, just because of how... It much it clutters like without load screens there's so oh, much yeah. to render into the game at one time and i know that was one of the f- problems cyberpunk had when it launched was just yeah. because there was too much going on yeah all at once and that's why there were so many loading screens mm. and flying cars and flying people. Dude, it was <laughs> it was the same in Fallout 4 downtown boston still crashes to this day because there was a lot going on so could you actually yeah. have a new york fallout maybe they were waiting for for there ah. to be better hardware so they can do what they're that's doing it. now with starfield right because like you look at yep. some of the cities yep. in that game biggest cities that they've ever made that's what you need you need that kind of hardware to do new york mm-hmm. in fallout justice in my opinion yeah Yep, yep, yep. But that's it. That's all the questions. Everything we had to discuss in episode, episode 15. Episode 15. Look at us go. Killing it. 
But yeah, thank you so much for watching or reading, reading, listening until this point. Maybe you're reading the transcript of our podcast. Yeah. I don't know what you're doing. But thank you so much. We're going to see you. Well, well, we should mention, Rob, that we, we're trying to figure out stuff for the next two weeks, right? For, for the podcast. Mm, yeah. Just to give you a Because I leave next week. Yeah. To, to, to go fight. It's going to be exciting for you, man. So we're trying to see if we can either record the next podcast in advance, but we're definitely not going to be able to do it for the podcast after that because um, I think that's actually fight week for you. Right? It is fight week. Yeah. Bit too close. Bit too close. So hopefully we can arrange something for next week where we can record in advance. It might mean we can't talk about like the most up-to-date games news and stuff like that. Um, and then for the week after that, we might that might be the first one that we need to skip out of necessity. We'll see. We may have to. We may have to. Yeah. Or we just do a bunch of shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, you guys I'll, with those. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, if, if we can, <laughs> if we can record the next one, we'll we'll talk about UFC 290 and do our predictions for that then. And definitely, definitely. And if you have enjoyed the podcast and what you're listening to, please don't forget to subscribe, hit the bell, thumbs up, and tell all your mates about it. Send letters. Send them text saying, hey, bro, have you heard of this? Have you listened to this? Yeah. Like, go to their house. Ring their doorbell. Knock on their doors. <laughs> Hashtag MMRcade everywhere. the news. MMRcade going everywhere. <laughs> and we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks. <laughs>